quiet your mind. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Welcome to the Dawn of Mantis, the brand new yes. podcast from the creators of Where on Earth Is. Yeah, so um, here's a little bit of background of why we're doing kind of a new format. Um, what happened with the last one was we love the true crime, but but we kind of felt like we limited ourselves in what we can talk about. Yes. Um, in fact, to even do something about Bigfoot, we had to kind of call it a a special episode yeah. where on earth is Bigfoot. Well, yeah. That wasn't the episode Falk monster, but so this time we're going to do a more broad approach. So, um, uh, the name to me signifies random, absolute <laughs> Dawn random. of Mantis. It's random. Yeah. And we'll, so. <clears throat> like we said before, we'll always come back and revisit true crime. Exactly. Or missing yeah. Persons. I love doing true crime, but, but I don't love just only doing true crime. Yeah. There's so many things to talk about in this big, crazy That's world. Right. And we, you know? we went over every missing person case. I mean, we exhausted that. Exactly. In 12 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> In a perfect world. Hey, if I think, you know, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but if you had some of the technologies that they have in Black Mirror, I think you could almost Ooh. get to almost a zero crime rate. Yeah. Because as soon as something happens, if you could look at everyone's memories and see what, what exactly was going on. Mm-hmm. I love that episode. It would just be like crimes of rage. And I'm not saying... I'm not saying it would be, I said next to zero, but it would be very low. Would you, if you had that technology, go back and revisit memories of yours? I guess certain memories. Obviously, people wouldn't go back to horrible memories, but. Sure. I mean, um, I mean, we kind of do that already, but we don't see it as it happened. Right. Um, I don't know. There's a big debate there on. You've told me that. If we see things in recollection in a, in a way that maybe it really didn't happen. And I think negatively we do that too. Um, mm-hmm. We're like, Oh, they said this, that means they think I'm an idiot. You know, they think I'm a moron because they said it this way. But if you could revisit it, maybe their tone was different and you thought it was, or it was like self anyway, that, that could be a whole episode. Oh, it could. Yeah. And, and maybe you, you just took something wrong at the time or That's the, right. the more time that, that, that gets between you and the event like you said, you can make it either better or worse in your mind. Like there sure. might be some people that say, I had the best childhood yeah. ever. But yeah. when you go back, it's maybe they've romanticized it or something. Yeah, but but to me, the quote by John Wooden said, the best things happen for those who make the best, the best out of the way things turn out. Hmm. So to me, I think that's a great way to live um, because I think about that quote a lot. And, and I, you know, you know, uh, it's I'm talking about the way I live. So I'm not trying to say the way I live is superior, superior to anyone else's kind of way they see things. But I firmly believe in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're just like, well, I'm just going to roll with the punches or whatever. So anyway, yeah, um, that's all I know. I promise. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So episode one, Dawn of Mantis, this one is cults. Yes. Uh, nothing very specific. Uh, we had talked about maybe doing a series because there's a lot, you know, maybe doing an episode, per cult 
or uh, but uh, we we just kind of want to do an all-encompassing kind of yeah. one episode on our favorite cults, <laughs> which yeah. I do have a couple. Well, mine wasn't a favorite. <laughs> mine I found just kind of randomly searching around. It had some unique elements, and that's why I chose the one that. Um, and it's not it's it's not a United States one. Um, I don't know if that made it more appealing or or less appealing. One one thing I realized is. Um, as much as I like Australia, I don't really know a lot about it like, it's not as much as I should. So maybe that's one reason I chose it. Uh, maybe you can learn about a country by learning about their cults. Well, that's kind of a weird thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> what are your cults yeah. like? Yeah. Hey, now I know more about you. <laughs> so we'll start out with that one. Uh, this one uh, is called Drugged, Beaten, and Indoctrinated. Wow. It's an Australian cult. Um, so all religions must have elements that, at the very least the not-so-dedicated followers must find unappealing. I personally know of Christians that do not believe in the Old Testament accounts. Do you know some people like that? They're like, I, I'm New Testament and beyond. Yeah, the Old Testament was metaphorical and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some, think, some think that they are somewhat true, but perhaps they're moral tales. That's what we were just saying. And they should not be taken literally. A good friend of mine in high school told me once that his father did not believe in Satan or the concept of hell altogether. I've heard that. As as a 10-year-old gro- growing up in the Bible Belt, I was somewhat floored to hear that someone thought this to be the case. Now, it doesn't really bother me. I, I could see someone believing that. Um, you can probably see the allure of, or lure, I guess that's how you say it, <laughs> perhaps of individuals studying a combination of them. That is what happened in the 60s in Melbourne, Australia. A fam- the family sect, as many refer to it, started in 1963, and it took advantage of the teaching of, teachings of multiple religions. So I kind of thought that um, if I look at this cult, and hey, that's kind of cool thing about this cult. Um, it was kind of cool that they used a whole bunch of different religions and kind of took the high points. I don't know if that's cool, but it's interesting to say the least. Well, and by the way, our our a lot, some people get offended just by having religion in the conversation when you're talking about a cult, but there's no other way to do it. There's no there, other way to do it. Okay. I thought that we would find that it was maybe a split, like some are religious and some aren't, but most are. Most are, and that's just the way it is. Now, you can. I have family and and friends who are uh, uber religious, and I think you can speak about religious cults without offending anybody because all it is 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 someone that has taken something and and twisted it into something like you know bad. So to anyone out there, any any of our pals or listeners who who may be religious, uh, yeah. we we mean no disrespect whatsoever. No. Um, but but it is the it is the irrefutable truth that most cults have sprung from religious ideas that well were... and and that's you know a common sense thing i mean they play on some of those elements yes um you know someone's broken down they want to find the way and they just happen to, to find a cult or right. a cult finds them right and i'm uh, I, I know i derailed you there for no, that, no that's fine um so i just thought i'd talk about i'm not going to go into details about this cult but um we'll, we'll go into some details um, I said, what kinds of acti- activities makes this a worthwhile mention? Why even talk about this cult? Here are some things that they did. Um, they involved children. Adoption laws in Australia were not fantastic in the 60s and 70s. Obviously, it was kind of easy to um, adopt, and it was um, easy to keep those children and abuse them, oh. which is um, sad. So they drug children. 
with uh, Magadon, Magadon and Valium. Um, um, they sedated them and, and they gave them like hypnotic effects because they overdosed them on those. LSD was giving, uh, given uh, as part of a ceremony called the clearing, a clearing. Um, had their heads put in buckets of water. Oh, my God. Um, was the LSD witness given, testimony. Well, I'm sorry. Did they give LSD to the children? Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Um, witness testimony said it felt like they were drowning. Um, that was just one thing they did. Denial of food for minor transgressions. Dirty clothes for getting a turn off a light. Uh, things like that. Um, so, the mastermind and leader of this cult at, was described as charismatic. Someone who people almost felt like they had magical powers. That's a are. common thing. Oh, yeah. Um, one ex-follower went on to say, they had eyes that could see into your soul. Um, th- those eyes belonged to Anne Hamilton Byrne. A woman? A woman. A woman. A woman. That was Whoa. one reason why I picked this. Yes, I did. Wow. Okay. Um, although her husband, Bill Byrne, assisted the family's activities, it was clear based on my research and a lot of websites I went to that Anne was clearly the leader. Anne and Bill continued their with their pursuits for decades. At the, their peak, they had hundreds of followers. Um, in 1987... The police finally raided their compound, but justice was never really served. Sadly, the only real evidence of their crimes um, were that of forgery um, related really? based on their adoptions. <clears throat> so really the abuse and everything wasn't really, they weren't ever really tried for that. No, that's a shame. Um, and they were both fugitives for justice for a long time. Uh, get this. They, at one point, they were fined $5,000 each. That seems kind of light. <laughs> Bill died in 2001, and at that time, they still had a few followers. Anne is st- was still living in 2017 at the age of 96. She Whoa. she has advanced dementia and lives in a nursing home in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, so I, there's just kind of some high points here. Um, 1963, she was a yoga teacher. That um, She met this guy, Dr. Ray Noor Johnson, and they founded the family. Um yeah, what a, obviously the 60s and 70s, they, the 68, they begin to adopt children. Uh, and they had a plan to create a master race with these children. So there's pictures of all these kids online and they, they're always, their hair is always styled the same. And a lot of them were blonde. So I wonder if they dyed some of their, actually all of them were blonde. So, so is it, there's a racial component to this? Yeah. Thing? Like so a Nazi, yes, yeah. Yes. And they all wore the same clothes. Uh, but it didn't say that per se. It didn't ever say any, it didn't, I thought I would find where they, you know, talked about Hitler and those types of things, but it didn't really say that. Hmm. It did talk about the master race. They decided, you know, it was, you know, fair skinned, blonde headed, okay. blue eyed. Yeah. You know, you're right. The master that. race, as long as they have SPF 90 when they go out <laughs> that's into right. the sun. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's see. I have some more stuff here. Should have been more organized. So yeah, the other okay. So this this lady was other than Bonnie Lou Nettles, who was one of the two yeah. with the Heaven's Gate cult. Mm-hmm. That's literally like the only two that I've heard. Yeah, and to be cult. and to be the mastermind. I mean, for sure, she was the one that spearheaded this thing. Wow. So, uh, and you know, uh, charisma is a common thing uh, in these <clears throat> cults, and obviously she had it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I've already covered a lot of this. Um, so. They were arrested in upstate New York in 1993. 
Um, they were extradited to Australia, back to Australia after that. Um, and they had, um, they were convicted to some conspiracy to do fraud, commit perjury falsely, but nothing, they n- never really had to serve any real time or, or be punished in any way. It's kind of sad. Um, I wonder what happened to those children. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't read into Cause that. Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, because they know, and I that's know. probably for good reason. I mean, you probably, um, you know, it's probably they get shipped somewhere, and the records are sealed, and they don't ever want to anyone to know where they yeah. were. Because imagine drugs to a, a growing mind, you know. Oh yeah, uh, now yeah, for sure. Now look, I'll say that I've listened to a lot of uh, on Joe Rogan's podcasts and stuff. Um, Christopher Ryan and and read some of Timothy Leary's stuff and mm-hmm. and I I haven't done it but I from what I've read uh, they'll straight up tell you if you have a guide to help you through the experience that actually taking uh, hallucinogens like mushrooms or uh, psilocybin you know different things like that mm-hmm. can actually be like a life changing experience but even they will say never be never to a young person you know only in a fully developed frontal lobe brain, you know, past oh, the age. Because yeah. they say it can be detrimental if you're still young, you know, very mm-hmm. young coming up uh, to their advanced yeah. development and stuff. I just I, I just wonder what the lasting effects of just a, a, a small kid, you know, taking LSD or something. I would imagine crazy. there are studies. I would imagine someone studied this before they've had to have. So that's, that's something that uh, if you're a listener and you find any anything like that, anything peer reviewed, that would be, that would be an amazing read. And and I'll probably, um, just for my own curiosity, look that up later. Yeah. So, um, I thought it was very interesting being a woman and, uh, things like that. Yeah. Pretty amazing things that they did. So, yep. That's all I got on that. That was kind of a quick one. So, okay. Yeah. And if, uh, well, you might be able to tell just by the way, we're going back and forth here. Um, Ivan and I kind of, we had the, the cults and we kind of went, each our own way and did our own research and we're each hearing what we each other has for the first time here um and we both you know we we did it our own research in our own ways i kind of the the actual term cult usually refers and this is definition definition via uh wiki the term cult usually refers to a social group defined by its religious spiritual or philosophical beliefs or its common interest in a particular personality object or goal so when you hear the word cult you may think of robed figures standing or kneeling in rows poisoned kool-aid or weird rituals and beliefs you may think of crazy people it may be safe to say that most cult leaders are crazy but did they all start out that way also do you think cult followers are crazy or weak or impressionable or unintelligent or gullible how does one person convince another that they are a god or a savior how does one person convince another using only words to take their own life or the life of someone else and those are questions wow. to you as well. Yeah. Um, um, I used to think just, you know, if I've never really given cults, a, um, you know, just a, anything more than a passing thought. Mm-hmm. But um, reading about just this one cult and reading about some other facts about cults, um, I don't think that people are so weak. I don't either. Not anymore. I, th- I think that it, it's maybe a combination of a small amount of weakness with charisma um, someone uh, dangling the proverbial carrot in mm-hmm. front of them. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I don't think, and it's important for anyone to know this, I don't think you have to necessarily have some kind of major 
character flaw. I don't either. To be sucked in by one of these. I mean, keep this in mind. I'm not calling this a cult, but um, how many of you, how many people have, have been, you know, had a gambling bug that would, you know, productive, happy people, they get into a kind of a thing where in, in, you know, if you talk to them before they ever started, they would say, oh, yeah, the people waste their money at the casino. They're so stupid, and you know. But then something happens. There's a great Twilight Zone episode. Have you ever seen that one where the guy gets the gambling bug? Anyway, uh, it's awesome. I can't remember. It's very similar to what I'm saying, and that's probably why I'm saying it because <laughs> I watched it about a month ago. But there are people that go off the deep end with these things, and they, they kind of become a hypocrite because they've, you know, discredited. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just can happen to anyone. I mean, it really we're, can. we're all um, susceptible to things like that. I used to think that I used to see these cults and just uh, like you said, it's like these people are just impressionable idiots, mm-hmm. but not anymore. And especially after researching for this. And I have a couple of uh, uh, one question I, I asked was what makes cults attractive? I found that cults offer absolute answers and we like that. Many people feel aimless or lost and when someone comes along offering all the answers, it feels good to have direction and not to wonder sure. or be afraid anymore. Yeah. Number two, in the beginning at least, cults make you feel good. You are welcomed with open arms and showered with love by the other people that are already there. Feeling like you belong to something larger than yourself feels good. you know. Um, but once ingrained in the cult, these positive effects usually fade. Cult leaders are by nature master manipulators. They're also experts at finding a person's weakness and exploiting it for their own interest. They maintain control by separating you from your friends and family, minimizing your self-worth, and immersing you in so many lies and distortions that it's hard to tell fact from reality. The most cult members are not gullible, weak-minded simpletons. Most are average, everyday people who just happen to meet the wrong, manipulative person at a vulnerable point in their life. Also, statistically, women are much more likely to join a cult than men. Also, something I've found is there, I think the only difference between your everyday sociopath and a cult leader is uh, a sociopath is just satisfied with ruining one life at a time. Everyone knows mm. a sociopath, like I'm talking, usually it's in a relationship where one person is the dominant one and it's a poisonous relationship and it's not good. And you know, yeah, I've never really thought about they don't want like them that. to be around their family. It's all the same characteristics as a cult leader, except for the sociopath, you know, is just happy. So with one, one person. one's not enough. Yeah. To me, yeah. I think yeah. a cult leader is just a sociopath that, that wanted more than one. It's like a really, it's like a really <laughs> a um, narcissist. It's like a Frito-Lay thing. You know, no one can have just one. I can't have just one. Wait, that's Pringles. Oh, is Pringles? It? Oh, wait, either I way. It is Pringles. <laughs> I don't know. Either way. <laughs> yeah, so cult leaders are the Pringles of sociopaths. Yeah. That's our quote. But I, I, I just kind of had this thought, too. How many cult leaders, if you had to pin them down and they're telling the complete truth, what percentage do you think would admit, yeah, I'm running a cult? There's got to be a certain amount that don't even believe they're leading a cult. They, I think, yeah, I think most don't. Believe. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's very hard to look at it just at a glance. I'm, I mean, obviously we, we have our limited research, but yeah, I just wonder how many of them would, would just admit to that, that, um, 
well, not to admit. I mean, that that's the truth. Like they would say, well, yeah, this this is a cult. I'm trying to get more followers to build power for myself. Or is it that they believe in what, what they're saying so much that they want other people to believe this certain way? Because, you know, just like the thing where if I buy a new lawnmower and I tell you about it, I'm like, you should buy this lawnmower. It's the best one on the market, mm-hmm. you know? Um, in a way, that's kind of cultish because I want you in the that particular lawnmower yeah. for you for your own good, not just for my good. You yeah, know? I've so, heard I've heard people liken uh, liken like vegans and stuff to the same. It's almost like it's a cult because you're like you have to join this, your life will be better, and you know all yeah. this. <laughs> and, and I mean, they they have a point. I mean, I think I, and we, we don't want to go off the, go off on this tangent too long, but I think the way they eat they kind of luck into making some incredibly great choices and they become healthier. I don't think it's strictly because they're vegan, but I just think it's some things that they take up, you know, they oppose eating just happen to be things that are really bad for them. So yeah, that's, that's pretty common sense though. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. Do we, do we have time to uh, just blow through a couple of, of, uh, Cults real yeah, quick? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Okay, so I'll do this quickly, all right? So most cults start out with the best of intentions, and some, like, of course, we had to mention the People's Temple and Jim Jones, they actually did a lot of good before the cult went south. Jim Jones' actions early on in Indiana helped desegregate hospital wards, restaurants, and other businesses all around Indianapolis, where they also opened up soup kitchens to feed the poor. He and his wife, Marceline, also adopted several children of different ethnicities and developed programs that helped elderly and disabled people as well. This was a far cry from the drug-fueled, paranoid egomaniac that Jones would become. He would eventually hold hours-long sermons in which he would rant and curse uh, his followers for tiny infractions. Uh, He also began sleeping with women in the congregation and ultimately ordered the death of Congressman Leo Ryan. Uh, By 1978, Jones and 908 others lay dead in the jungles of Guyana. And if it's cool with you... It it wasn't Kool-Aid, though. No, it was Flavor-Aid. Flavor-Aid. They didn't even get the decency of Kool-Aid. See, I I figured for sure it was Tang. That stuff's nasty. (laughs) At least it wasn't Tang. I'm sorry. I apologize. So here we go. This is uh, now Jim Jones did a lot of good. Like I said, Um, he was in a hospital ward at one time for some surgery and he found out that it was whites only. And this is back in like, I think the late fifties in Indianapolis. And he like got up and just drug everything out and was like, I will not stay in any place that is. So he had a lot of great ideas to begin with. Now were the great ideas genuine or were they only to manipulate people into following him because you can do something good but if the end result is negative you're still a douche you know what i mean yeah so i don't think anyone's all bad or all good so i i would i would guess that probably you know he probably was was opposed to that segregation thing well this is what jim jones turned into and i i I just got a little sample of this here might give you slow poison in your champagne clever I am. One thing you've all done is underestimate me. I made plans for treason long ago because I knew I couldn't trust nothing. I knew I couldn't trust anything but communism and the principle in me, yes, rescue. And good old Stanley, somebody feels sorry for him. Who the fuck's gonna feel sorry for you? Why didn't he feel sorry for you while you were in town representatives? Why the fuck did he feel sorry for you? Where your ass at, Stanley? Well, you better not get your nose up because I'm sick of your ass too. 
You underestimate my intelligence. You fuckers are too stupid to deal with me. And I am too sick of dealing with people who play these stupid-ass games. I'd like to make him the tiger bait. That tiger's been awful nice to us. He's gotten our enemies and never bothered us. I'd like to park his ass on a stake out there in the yard let let the tiger see him. So I'd like to remind you that that is not in the back of a bar or around a pool table or a backyard barbecue. That's in a church. You know, that's behind a pulpit where something happened to Jim Jones where he went from preaching uh, equality, love your neighbor as yourself, to threatening the Stanley guy was someone who was in town he had he had heard was saying something negative about the People's Temple mm. to talking about I'd like to tie his ass to a stake and let the Tigers get him. You know, and the scariest part is the people that came with him are cheering him. I found I found audio where there was a little old lady who apparently had said something negative. So he would bring people up on stage and just psychologically torture them and they'd beat him too. But she had a fear of snakes. So she had him, or he had them go out into the jungle and catch a bunch of snakes. I didn't even play that one because I almost can't hear it without tearing up. It's just this little old lady just wailing as they're laying snakes on her, just saying, please get them off me. And, and he was saying, oh, shut your mouth. You know, you're lying. You keep lying and you keep doing this and, and you're just going to do it again. And she's just begging them, you know, that's what that devolved into. Yeah. Just the ugliest. The People's Temple is the quintessential example of something that had so much promise in the beginning just turn into absolute into a disaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you wonder if him at the beginning was, was a fake, a fraud. And then like you said before, just to get followers, cause maybe he's smart enough to know he doesn't go off the deep end until he, you know, gets some traction. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, or, did he change throughout the years? I mean, I think people change. Um, you know, maybe the power got to him, you know, maybe mm. got him corrupt and more negative and more um, willing to say mm-hmm. things. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy story. And I have a lot of listener and, and viewer suggestions. So a listener suggestion on the, the People's Temple Colt, uh, last podcast on the left did like a four or five part series. Oh, okay. And it is every minute of the entire saga from the minute he was born till when they drank the flavor aid in the jungle. I mean, wow. it's phenomenal. Yeah. So yeah, I suggest anyone, if you yeah. want to know about that and laugh your butt off at the same time, listen to that. Yeah. I remember the, the movie was it eighties, the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Like late eighties. I and think it was, yeah. it was pretty good. I, yeah. I remember, I remember being a kid and thinking, what the, yeah, I, should have, I shouldn't have watched it. I've got audio <laughs> on my phone of when he's actually instructing them, you know, he's telling, I'm not going to play it. It bums me out. I, I thought about it, yeah. but you know, you can hear children crying and that's another thing I'd like to dispel. There were members. I mean, you, the entire tape still exists that you can listen to. They, they record audio of the entire process, the entire suicide process. And there are people that got up there and literally said, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to die with you. But there were a lot of people also that did not want to die. You know, there were mm-hmm. a lot of people that were basically held and, and a lot of them were injected with the with the serum if they wouldn't drink it. You know, um, so not not all 908 were just happy to run up there and die. There were many, many. And there were actually several that ran into the, the jungle and, and survived. But there were many that were straight up murdered, you know, so not all of them were. We're happy to die for for Jim Jones or anybody else, 
You yeah. Know? Um, okay. So are, are we running too long here? Or can no, I no, through? we're good. We're okay. Good. All right. So I'm going to run through just a couple more. I won't spend as much time as I did on, on Jim Jones. But the Order of the Solar Temple is the next one. And it was founded on the principles of the Knights Templar. Now, this is straight from Wiki. The aims of the Order of the Solar Temple included establishing correct notions of authority and power in the world, assisting humanity through a great transition, preparing for the second coming of Christ as a solar god king, and furthering a unification of all Christian churches and Islam. But by 1994, leader Joseph de Mombro was convinced that one of his followers' infant sons was an antichrist sent forth to challenge him. So the group stabbed the child to death with wooden stakes, and this group included the child's own father, shortly after dozens of members died by suicide and murder, believing that they were moving on from this life to Sirius. So that's just another one. And I, did, I guess I didn't mean to open Dawn of Mantis with a, with a, with such a dark... No, uh, no, it's it's fine. I mean, I knew once we got into cults, it was going to get Yeah, it can't fast. be lighthearted. This cult ate Skittles and listened to the Beach Boys all the time. <laughs> we are going to do a slightly lighter-hearted cult, though, at the end of this. I'm going to bring it up, okay? Okay, great. Uh, but, but first, but first, <laughs> let's talk about the Heaven's Gate. Now, this one is close to my heart, okay? This was in, uh, what, 1997, I yes. believe. Yes. And I was 17, mm-hmm. and uh, I've always been into weird, creepy crap. So mm-hmm. obviously, I was all over the story. You know, I, I mm-hmm. still remember the breaking news: all the bodies found in the ranch house. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Gevin's, the Heaven's Gate. I'm sorry, not Kevin's Gate. Who's Kevin? Uh, gate. <laughs> That's another cult. Nobody gives a crap about Kevin. Uh, hey guys, come join my cult. <laughs> it's Kevin. <laughs> we just mainly play D and D and eat hot pockets. The Heaven's Gate cult was started by Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Lou Nettles in 1974. They renamed themselves T and Doe and started traveling all over the U.S. uh, searching for followers uh, of their weird new philosophy. Bonnie passed away in 1985, but Applewhite carried on further and developed the group's group's, uh, beliefs. Uh, They believed that they were aliens sent to Earth and that our, our bodies are merely temporary vehicles it's actually i, I kind of believe that a little bit uh it's called panspermia it's um so i'm derailing you sorry no 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 it's basically that a certain group of astrobiologists believe that we didn't we didn't have the time to evolve or actually to exist as uh, not even a species but i'm talking about all species Every all biology. Okay. Okay. The time doesn't exist based on some models. So they think the initial spark for life came from somewhere else, somewhere else in the solar system on hitching a ride on a comet that now, crashed. Take and, me back to the meteor that hit. Was it earth or the moon that they found what looked like to be like a single celled organism or something in it. Was that, what was so that? So like a- that was a Mars meteorite Mars that was here because something hit Mars, knocked it off of Mars. They only know that because, you know, they, they have some rock samples from, from Mars, from landers and things like that. So the composition is a, like a thumbprint of Mars. Was the microorganism legitimate? See, that is it's, it was like a fossilized, very simple. If it was, it was a very simple single cell. But man, have you but, seen it? It looks totally. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, they go back and forth on if that is like, you know, some, some in the community believe that it's, you know, authentic. And some think that it's just random chance that it had that shape. 
And I believe there are probably many microorganisms that could survive the vacuum of space, right? Sure. I mean, when you think about it, they have found, like on the rim of volcanoes, yeah. in the deepest ice cores, they have found micro... Things will live literally anywhere. So, so somewhere, um, some lake that had not been really looked at by any biologists or scientists um, was l- like very high arsenic percentage. Mm-hmm. So they never really looked for any kind of life in it. So some, at some point someone decided to look and there were, there were living organisms that figured out a way. And I, I don't know a ton about arsenic, but obviously it's when you think poison, you think arsenic. arsenic yeah. Um, old school. Basically it figured out a way to not not just survive, but to actually use arsenic. And it was something that biologists were going crazy about. Like, nothing should be able to use it. Right, right. So it was actually, and it's called an extremophile. So, wow. and, and there's, you said volcanoes. Um, radiation? Radiation. It, yeah. Um, so the, the, the kind of zone where we think life could live has been expanding, you know, you know, for the last decade or two. And I, yeah, I a hundred percent think that maybe if something hit earth, that if a mile wide chunk of something flew through space, now I don't know that whatever planet it hit would be able to sustain it That's for right. a long term, but yeah. I'm totally down with the planet with the, with the seeding. I mean, I well, think all that's it has totally to do possible. is all it has to do is, you know, reproduce fast enough to have a very slow increase in population. And even if it, you know, I don't know. You, you give it enough time, and and it, it changes, and it's you know, life is everywhere. Um, you know, to me, life is almost parasitic on Earth. If you think about life, is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like know, like on our bodies right now. Yeah, right? exactly. So I, I heard the quote. Is this true that we are made up more of other organisms? I think that's true. It yeah, almost outnumbers so. that. Yeah. yeah, like we so. are really not even us. We are so we are we're covered in so many yeah. microorganisms. So, but back to cults. So when he said that, I just think that um, I just wanted to point that out that that wasn't so crazy. No. Um, back then, it probably was. That was this guy was re- way before his time. Yeah, he was. Well, but I believe that too, but I don't want you guys to commit suicide with me. No, we're not going to take it the way of Marshall Applewhite. Okay, because here's where it went <laughs> south. And I don't know if Bonnie Lou Nettles believed this because she died in 85. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've read a lot about this too. And he was a little bit lost at first because she was kind of the head honcho. And after she passed away, um, he he had to kind of scramble, you know, to to redirect the group. So, and I think this was an idea that was born with him, but uh, he believed the the earth was about to be recycled and the only chance to survive was to leave the planet. So that was the thought for a while. Well, then they discovered that the comet Hale-Bopp was going to pass close by earth in 1997. The group prepared to leave earth. Applewhite claimed, claimed a spaceship was traveling in the tail of the comet and this was their only chance to escape. The group even made identical uniforms with a patch on the sleeve that read Heaven's Gate Away Team. Yeah, on I almost bought one of those on eBay, too. Not not <laughs> from the body, but they make replicas. Yeah. And I kind of want one. <laughs> on March 24th, with the comet approaching, Applewhite and 38 members of the cult consumed a mixture of phenobarbital and applesauce and washed it down with vodka. 
Uh, they then tied plastic bags around their heads to assure asphyxiation. Days later, the bodies were found, wearing their away team uniforms, all lying in bunk beds covered by purple shrouds. Every body also had an identical pair of Nikes, a packed duffel bag nearby, and each member had a $5 bill and three quarters in their pocket. One of the Heaven's Gate cult to commit suicide that day was Thomas Nichols, uh, brother of Nichelle Nichol Nichols, I'm sorry, who played Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And that was Yeah, I remember amazing. hearing about that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of the big ones now. Uh, do we need to unpack anything else right quick? Or no, no. Oh, Okay, yeah. I'll wrap mine up. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Do, uh, if you or anybody else wants to watch a a amazing documentary, it's called Holy Hell. Okay. Okay, I've, I've watched it like three times, uh, and it's about a dude named Michael Rostand, and his cult was known as the Buddha Field. The Buddha Field was a group based on a self-help uh, and ritual enlightenment uh, guy or guide, I'm sorry, started by Michael Ralston in California. And this was in the mid 1980s. Michelle was a small, muscular, bronze tanned ballet dancer who claimed to have had an all knowing master who had passed down secrets to him. He soon gathered over a hundred people. And for a while, it was a beautiful thing. He promoted yoga, clean eating, love, acceptance, even abstinence from sex in order to remove any distraction from true enlightenment, which is a different, departure yeah that's quite different but like the uh, most cult leaders michael or i'm sorry michelle began to grow more and more egomaniacal and the group's focus began to shift away from self-enlightenment and more towards serving their masters every whim he began to force certain members to pretend they had cancer so he could quote unquote cure them then he forbade contact with members families like so many other cult leaders and he began to sexually assault many of the men in the group one of these men eventually spoke up and wrote a letter to all the other cult members, and this unraveled most of the group. It was soon discovered that Michelle Rostan was no more than a failed actor turned gay adult film star turned cult leader. But as late as 2017, Michelle still had over 100 followers living with him in Hawaii. And yeah, see, this what, there's, it seems like even with the one that I brought up, there's just some people that are... They, I guess they don't want to admit they're wrong and they mm -hmm. stay. They'll stay no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. And if you want to get a look at this guy, uh, he was a failed actor, but he was in Rosemary's Baby. Oh, Michelle really? Ro at the very end. I okay. think, I think the entire movie, uh, where they're in the, the room or whatever, and it pans over and there's a guy standing there who just kind of turns around and gives a weird look. That's, that's him. Okay. That dude went on to start that cult. Wow. So, yeah. Um, now let, let's get to my favorite cult. Okay, because this one is this this one. There's no death. There's not even any really any negative stuff. I had to find one, and this is another. <laughs> this is another on the lighter side. Exactly, and I'm going to be making so many suggestions. But another amazing documentary is called The Source Family. Okay. Okay. James Baker was basically a badass. He served as a Marine in World War II, earning a Silver Star and coming home a war hero. He then became a jujitsu expert. And moved to California to become a stuntman. In 1969, he founded the Source Restaurant, which served organic vegetarian food. The place was visited, I'm sorry, by celebrities such as John Lennon, Marlon Brando, and Julie Christie. Baker became a follower of Bahan and Kundalini Yoga, and soon changed his name to Father Yod, and started his own philosophy based on Western mystery tradition. But more simply put he turned sex drugs and rock and roll into a religion 
he had a string of restaurants that were super successful. He was a millionaire. So he and 150 followers moved into a luxurious Hollywood Hills estate. Funded by the wild success of his restaurants where they talked spiritualism, recorded music, practiced yoga, and had epic parties. And yes, he took in a harem of 14 wives. Uh, by 1975, the family had sold the restaurant and moved to Hawaii. Here, on August 25th, he used a hang glider to leap from a 1,400-foot-tall cliff in Oahu. Uh, and I actually think I've been... I looked on Google Maps because we went to Hawaii, you mm-hmm. know. I think I unknowingly was, like, on it or really close to that area. Oh, that's it's really cool. cool. Yeah. He had no hang gliding experience and crash-landed hard on the beach. He passed away several hours later. His last words were, I thought I was going to fly the kite, but I guess it was God's last lesson. He had to teach me. So many believe Father Yod was testing himself. If he was a god, he would soar like an eagle. If he was a man, he would fall. Like maybe he started to buy into his own hype. But uh, <laughs> you got to listen to this. Okay, I'm ready. Um, so these are collector's items. They had tons of money, and it turns out that many people in the cult were musicians. So they would just make like four hour long rambling records where they're just playing music and father yard is kind of just like singing and yelling random stuff. Um, <laughs> and they would sell them out of the restaurants, you know? So I, here's a little excerpt from one. So yeah, it's like it's like a always save Bob Seger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. He's he's (coughs) he's trying really hard. Yeah, and I love the guy. I love the guy. Yeah. The only negative effects from the cult that I found. I thought the music was kind of cool. Dude, I kind of like it. Yeah. I was listening to several of their songs. I kind of liked it. Oh yeah, I kind of like it. But the only negative effects, I guess, from that cult, uh, he was a naturalist. He didn't believe in any medicine. And some of the oh, some yeah. of the people in the cult who had children, uh, a couple of the children got really sick oh, okay. from no medical care. Yeah. And I think that kind of I think that was part of the reason why they fled to Hawaii was they started to get some bad press from that. Yeah. But something I wanted to ask you about. Okay. In both documentaries and Holy Hill and the Source family, people even to this day that they interview, even people that acknowledge that, yeah, now we know it was a cult. Yeah. You know, it was something that was negative. Yeah. It was crazy. And I, I'm, I'm glad that I survived it. They will, when they talk about the experiences, I don't know if this person, if the cult leaders had such a psychological hold on them because they will look right into the camera, especially the ones with Michelle Rosten, that they will say they felt electricity. Like, they will, they will weep, even though they're acknowledging that I know it was a cult. They'll say, when he put his hand on me, 
it felt like it was 300 degrees. I felt electricity, you know, and they said that about the source family with, with father Yod too, that one person said, I don't care what you think about me. I saw lightning come out of him, you know, to this day, they swear that these people had just like un, un inhuman abilities. Well, drug use comes to mind <laughs> right away. Well, I get that with the source family, but supposedly the, uh, but that's not, that's not all I was going to no, say, but that I'm was, sorry. I cut you no, off. No, no, it's okay. That in, in another thing I think is, um, you know, I, I don't know anything more than what you know, but, um, you, you, I know you've had those songs that you listen to that song and it gives you goosebumps and mm-hmm. makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. I mean, you just have kind of, and I think people can have emotional experiences, um, about different things. So I think if you, if you're stripped down to nothing and someone builds you back up, I mean, that's really going to, uh, let leave a last lasting scar. Now, as, as far as the lightning and, you know, all that, the heat, things like that. Um, I just think it's like, like just kind of a sensory thing, like overload where, where your brain's making you have that. But, um, you know, I don't have any, I don't have anything to back that up, but I just right, think it's, right. it's, um, it's, it's, it's like, um, I don't know. I can't say it any other way. It's like when, when you're saved, um, now I'm not bashing the experience, but looking at it now, later, I had a time in my life where I went up front and I felt like I had, um, this connection that now I don't think I really had. I think, I, I think it was fear and maybe feeling good that I didn't have that, have to have that fear anymore. Yeah, I get that. So I really get that. Yeah. I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but, um, I, I, for me, it was, I was afraid almost every night that these bad things were going to happen to me. And then I remember thinking, well, they're not going to now. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I get it. I used to, that's, that's, you know, and that was very powerful. So we were both raised up around fire and brimstone. Exactly. Preachers. And I remember preachers saying, it doesn't matter how good a person you are. If you don't specifically know Jesus, then it doesn't matter if you've saved a hundred thousand lives and ended wars and ended famine Mm -hmm. and, and brought countries together in peace. If you don't specifically know Jesus, you will burn in hell forever. So I remember laying in bed at night, just like you, I was afraid, like, what if I die in my sleep? Sure. Oh yeah. What if I die in my sleep? And it was absolutely mortifying. Yeah. It was horrifying. Yeah. So yeah, they're, uh, I don't know. And that's why when my friend's dad, uh, that I mentioned earlier, when I went to his house and his mom and dad were talking about religion and I heard him say, yeah, I don't believe in hell. Um, God wouldn't send his children to that. It, it, he's, he's the heavenly father. And if you have a son, no matter what your son would do, and, and I'm eating this up because this is after the Savior, the, the being saved part. Yeah. I remember if an adult says something when you're really young, you, you listen. And it doesn't matter what it is. So he, he was saying all this, you know, I would never want that for my son, even if he said, I don't believe you exist, Father. Right. It's like, I wouldn't say, well, now you're going to hell. I, I wish you would burn forever. Yeah. So... Um, I remember that being another time in my life that I felt really good about something. Yeah. It's like, Oh wait, we can have that part of it too. Yeah. Like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, and, and I kind of stuck with that. I, I'm, I'm a believer in that. I'm a believer in a lot of things and a non-believer in some things, but, um, I, I 
that's kind of stuck in my mind. I've never been able to really shed that part. Yeah. The hell, the no hell. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, we were talking about doing, we, we never wanted to talk about religion in not any re- capacity. No, no. But we when you're talking about cults, you just have <laughs> to. Very so tough. we're, like, reluctantly waiting in just a little bit. But yeah. There it is. Yeah, uh, exactly. because I have I have people in my life that I love and deeply and respect. Sure, massively that are, are very religious, and I don't. I would never want to. You no, know, uh, yeah, not, yeah uh, for sure. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to discredit. I mean, discredit if, if they have anyway. something that they feel and and they know it wholeheartedly. Um, I don't want to mess with that. Now, exactly. If, if we want to talk about some science stuff has facts based with it. I mean, I would hope they would respect me enough to listen to, you know, and most things would. that I think most would, yeah, most yeah. would. Most and would. you know, and I've, yeah. like I've told, like I've told Jess, I've seen the belief in a higher power help people sure. kick drugs, sure. change their life. And I'm like, well, you know, if it's working positively for them, then, sure. then, uh, and sometimes I have moments to where I'm thinking, um, Actually, if you really had to pin me down and ask me what I believed, I would say, I think that whatever, if you if you were able to somehow give us all the knowledge and tell us exactly how everything works and how things reproduce and how things exist and how things evolved, I just don't think we can comprehend it. It doesn't mean that I don't want to try and that I think we should stop trying. I think that's the beautiful thing that we that we want to comprehend it. And we want to learn. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm, I couldn't, I wouldn't say there's nothing. No, I mean, I, no. I mean that's, I, to me, that's almost a little arrogant. To oh, think. that's, I was about to say, Yeah. I feel like, who am I to say that there is or isn't? And science I'm, can't prove a not. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a hairless monkey who's living here for a few years and I'm going to die. What you did know, you just but, say? No, well, no. no just, <laughs> you know, what do I know? Who, what do I know? I, so no. I'm just here to, I'm just here to, uh try to understand what I can while I'm here, yeah. but I'm not going to ever tell anyone else what to think. That's or right. Believe. That's right. Um, well, um, let's, let's go to break and we'll come back and we'll, uh, do, uh, maybe two more segments and then wrap this thing up. So let's do it. we'll be back. Um, here's a word from our sponsor. Dawn of Mantis, Dawn of Mantis, things mysterious, things fantastic. Dawn of Mantis, Dawn of Mantis, things mysterious, things fantastic. Our randomly chosen, unknowing Craigslist sponsor for this week's episode comes from Santa Clarita, California. Hello? Hello. Could you tell me more about the Justin Bieber cutout? Uh, it's a life-size cutout and it just stands up by itself. It's got a little, little uh, cardboard leg that holds it up. Where's, where is it from originally? Is it from a store or from a concert or what? Um, yeah, it was, uh, promotional stuff for a concert. Is it, it's not signed by chance, is it? No, those signed, I would be selling it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'll, I'll be texting soon about it. All right, and thank you again to our unknowing, unwilling participant from Santa Clarita, California. And we're still waiting on a check, but that might never, we may never get that, so that's, that's fine. So that, that was, all, by the way, in the free section on Craigslist that we called about. 
That's why so, he said if it was autographed, I'd be selling it. Yeah. So logically, we're trying to get a sponsor from someone who's given away something for free. Yes. That's that's Spock would totally give us that. <laughs> I find this highly illogical. Highly illogical. Okay. So now it's time for your punishment. It's time for your punishment. <laughs> punishment what's about to happen i'll tell you what's about to happen <laughs> we we came we come up every time with puns based on the topic and today it was cults and let me start out by saying this we realize that people have died in these cults and there are bad things child abuse things like that and if i could snap my fingers and make it all go away i would did that work probably not anyway um but since it already happened and it ha- you know we can't do anything about it we're gonna laugh a little bit we're gonna try i think it's what they would have wanted <laughs> oh you're going that far no, <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding that's good okay so um we have some categories here um and some of sometimes we won't be able to come up with anything but if you are a loyal dawn of mantis follower you should um message us and let us know um write it in the comments say hey i got one for that so uh, if it were a movie what did you have for the pun on if it were a movie, the and cult? We both issues. came up with these independently we of did. each other. We totally did. So okay. for a movie, uh, it would be Kool-Aid Luke. Oh, dude. I, I had Kool-Aid in my hand, Luke. <laughs> I knew you'd do something. With, I knew oh, we'd have similar no. ones. And it was Flavor-Aid. It was. <laughs> oh, no. It was, okay. um, what'd you have on TV show, if it were a TV show? Uh, I've got two. Okay. Uh, number one. Excellent. Keeping up with the Davidians. Oh, that's <laughs> and uh, Chico and the Manson. <laughs> oh, I I kind of went back to the '90s and and our our favorite show with Luke and Brandon and uh, oh, uh, uh, Beverly Hills. Yeah, no, no, I did one. Waco seven six seven one zero. So that is a real zip code. That's their real Waco. zip code. Well, there's like five. So okay, but that is a Waco. Well, I zip did code. some research and I was like, hopefully. There has to be a one zero. Yes, seven six seven one zero. Oh my god! What? So they hung out at the Peach Pit, didn't they? Yeah. Can we make a pun up on that? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. We can't. Not on the fly. Something with fire, the fire pit. No. Oh, <laughs> we did. Oh we did. my god. We did it. Too soon. No, not Yay. really. Not really. Okay. <clears throat> uh, if there were a hit song about it, um, I didn't have one. I wake o me up before you oh, go go. That's <laughs> Wake me up before you go go. That's oh. that's uh that's awesome. Yes. I like how we're playing off of two cults. I know, we have, right? We have like deal? a whole bunch of cults to pick from, but we're well three to the main someone. Okay. If uh I didn't have one for that. If there were a themed restaurant. No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, I, didn't. I have one. The Long Branch Davidian Smokehouse. <laughs> Um, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm people so hate sorry. us right now. I'm, I'm, did that one tank? No, I don't no. Know. <laughs> uh, so ooh, burn. Okay, <laughs> sorry. That's awful. It's awful. You're so bad. It's awful. Okay, so um, yeah, I didn't have anything for other either. So that's it. That's all of your punishment. That's all your punishment. Okay. And I'm that was a that was a rough one. That was. Rough. I apologize, but that's the point. That is <laughs> that's the why point. it's called punishment. That's right. <laughs> So now we have kind of a little um, cautionary list, um, and it might be silly to do this, but we're going to do it anyway. 
These are 10 signs of a potentially unsafe group leader. And keep in mind that we've, we kind of agree that anyone can fall victim to, to one of these things. Yes, totally. I I mean, they call it used car salesman for a reason because someone can be really good at selling something that really bad. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I've been ripped off at a car a lot. Okay. So, and that, so that means I could be in a cult, I guess, right? <laughs> that's the parallel. That's the parallel I was drawing. That's it. Are you with me on that one? Okay. So number one is absolute author, authoritarianism. What? I can't say that word. <laughs> anyway, without meaning or accountability. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of a glaring one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, no accountability, but looking at it again, I think that maybe that would show power and that would show, you know, I'm not going to admit that I'm wrong. Um, so maybe people would be attracted to it. It's like the girl being attracted to kind of the bad boy type of thing. True. And I've noticed with kids a lot. So I'm a pushover. I'm a pushover with my kid. I'm a pushover with, yeah, sure. I'm a pushover in life. I'm yeah. a doormat. <laughs> Honestly, let's get, Oh, we got deep. Okay, it all started when I was four. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But really, I've seen... So what's crazy is I'm a pushover, and my kid... Uh, thankfully, I have a sweet kid who loves me, and she will do what I tell her to eventually. Mm-hmm. Yes, sure. <laughs> but I've noticed when we go to my parents' house, you know, my dad can be like, put your dish up, go here, do that, do that. And she's just like, boom. She just wow. snaps, and she does it. You know, she snaps to attention because... No, I'm not likening my dad to a cult leader, obviously, but Wait. he has a strong personality. Does he have meaningful accountability? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, he, he's awesome. But she knows kidding. he means business. Sure. You know, and sure. I think, and I, I think some kids almost want that. They do need that. You're right. They do. Because yeah, I've seen, I've just seen some kids that wouldn't really respond. Because I'm like, hey, when you can. Uh, yeah. you know, just grab this and go do that and then clean this. And, uh, you know, yeah, I know. And I, I, I come at it like I'm Rick Moranis, you know, like I'm not very intimidating. Rick I don't know why I make Rick Moranis of all people. I just, did you shrink your kids at one point? <laughs> oh, I went to Ghostbusters. No, no, I, the, the, I'm the, the sad thing is, is I get, okay. Ghostbusters. I get it now, but yeah, I, was I knew what you meant when you said that. I just. I, I guess I was jealous that you were able to pull that Rick Moranis thing up. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So number two, they have no tolerance for questions or critical inquiry. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you know someone like that, you gotta, you gotta watch out. Yes. Um, they have, um, they have no meaningful financial disclosure regarding budget expenses, such as independently audited financial statement. So that's just, um, you know, if, and obviously, if you question them about it, they're not going to pony up and, and give you any, any of that information. Wait, are you trying to sneak in Trump's refusal to release his tax returns? You think Trump's a cult leader? Into the, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, that's interesting to say the least, but that's not what I'm saying. I ain't saying. I'm just saying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Unreasonable fear about the outside world. We've seen that or we've talked about that today. You know, the Jim Jones guy was talking about the the guy that was discrediting him. What's mm-hmm. his name? Stanley. 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 Yeah. yeah he didn't he like didn't, Stanley. He was not on. Stanley. If your guy or cult leader, guy or girl, we've, we've seen that too. Mm-hmm. If they, if they have a Stanley, um, you, you should watch out. Mm-hmm. Um, not the Stanley from the office. Um, 
So they have evil conspiracies, um, impending catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah. They always, I think that helps with the control, knowing that there's a, something looming in the distance like that, you know? I don't know. Yeah. There is no legitimate reason to leave. Former followers are always wrong in leaving, negative or even evil. So if they leave, they, they um, probably talk about them and talk about how that was the worst mistake they ever made. I'm yes. Sure. And in, in some of my research I found in uh, when an ex-member of one was talking, they would even say there's a really good te- TED talk with a young lady who was born and raised in a cult. And I think she left when she was eight, maybe 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. But she put it really well. She was like, even when you, like my wife puts it, she has this saying, when your belly gets full. It's basically oh, okay. when you're just done with something, yeah, you're, you're sure. belly full. But even when that point comes, she said a lot of cult members will stay because it's all you've known or, sure. you know, for a long time. It's been your family and you'll stay in there uh, because when you leave, you're cut off. Like in her case, her parents and some siblings was in the cult. All the friends that she'd grown up with, you're you're cut out from that, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. <clears throat> I mean, and I'm going to talk about it in my closing, but I almost think it's you know, stripping away of who you are and even stripping away of who you were, um, even comforts that comforts that you had, somebody can convince you that that wasn't a comfort. You were, you weren't, you weren't really happy then. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember when you were a little kid or younger and I had instances like this and you were just innocent and like maybe an older cousin would come over something, someone you perceived as cool, and older than you, you know, mm-hmm. and like maybe a show would come on and it's like, oh, I love who's the boss. And they'd be like, and who's the boss sucks. And automatically you're conflicted. Oh, you're yeah. like, yeah, wait, it does. But yeah. wait, you think it does. But I don't think, it. you know, I would yeah. have that conflict. Like, no, I, I almost didn't want to like it then because my cooler older cousin did. Yeah. So later on, you you this is very, very interesting. So later on, you build some confidence. To where you're like, well, I like this show. Who cares yeah. if you don't? Yes. But when you're a kid, you don't have that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I, a very good point. I can think of a lot of things like that. Um, tell me this. Answer, answer this. What do you think about this? So one, and I don't know if it's related to this, but I'm going to throw it out there because it's always been something that's bugged me big time. So I was playing football with my friends at in like probably third grade or something like that and i didn't play football with them much only sometimes i did and when i did i really sucked at it um so maybe not want to play but sometimes they're like we need one more you know come on over so i decided to play and so there was actually one kid that was like the fastest strongest kid right you know so i went out as wide receiver and they threw the ball to me and i kind of snatched it out of there i kind of made a little move and made him miss me where he couldn't tag me wasn't tackle I think I got lucky, but anyway, (laughs) so I'm running and we had this place. There's two poles and a little dip in the playground. That's the end zone. Mm -hmm. So I'm running and there's another kid. That's a pretty fast kid too. That for some reason he doesn't have the right angle on me. I'm beating him to the end zone and he's not going to get me. I dropped the ball on purpose. I know I did. I remember dropping it before the end zone. I believe it. I believe it. Like, just like, you almost feel like this is not for me or I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I've always wondered what I felt. I've always wondered why I did it. And it's, and it's kind of bugged me. Not, I'm, I don't obsess over it, but I think about it sometimes. And because I like to kind of think about the human condition, why didn't I just score the touchdown and 
my friends would have said, cool, it's kind of cool. Let, let me tell, that's so crazy because I know exactly how you felt. Okay. This, I've, please tell me. I, I, I don't know. know. I've told you this story before. <laughs> I know I have. Okay. Same situation, except for we were in the locker room and it was gym or whatever. Okay. And one of the contests we would have was you would lay flat on your back with your arms behind your back, kind of under your butt. Mm-hmm. And then you would just lift your legs, put them together and lift your ankles maybe six inches yeah, off the yeah. ground. Oh, yeah. That's difficult. It's for your core. Yeah. We, w- we would all line up and see who could do it the longest. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget. It's exactly the same. I'm sure we felt the exact same way because after I don't know how long it felt like for forever, everybody had dropped out except for me and the most popular kid in our class, Cody. Okay. It was just us two. So, and he's a little ways, maybe 15 feet down from me. He has the entire rest of the class and our coach around him cheering him on. I'm down there. I have like two of my loser friends that are like, oh my God, dude. Yeah. Oh my God. You might actually, oh, this is crazy. And I'm just like, oh, I know it is. Holy crap. You know, but I'll never forget hearing from like, even the coach was saying, you're going to let Joey beat you. You're going to let Joey beat you. Like that was the rallying cry was you're going to let this ginger, you know, weasel down here beat you. I'll and never there's forget one that. reason I went into education because I know there's people out there like that, but keep going. Yeah. Oh no. I, I remember this coach's face to this day. That's that'll never go away. But anyway, that's aside from all things. Prick. Um, but yeah, and, and that was, and I had more gas in the tank. I could have, I don't know, maybe not much more. I'm not saying I could have beaten him, but I dropped my feet on purpose because mm-hmm. I was just laying there and laying there, listening to that, listening to that. And I was just like, I'm not, the, what? I just dropped him. Do you kind of f- feel like you weren't supposed to? Yeah. Like this is just not, when I said earlier, this is maybe. just not for me. This is not me. I, I you know, I, I get what you're I'm saying not a now. winner or whatever. Yeah, that, That's what I felt like that, at the moment. I, I agree. I probably did feel some of that. Yeah, like, I'm not supposed to do this. And it was, now this is going to sound weird, but it was almost a relief when I dropped my feet and everybody down there erupted and was all happy. And it was just like, I felt like I was back in my place. Like, I'm not the guy who beats anybody. I'm just like, you know, that's what I felt like. And I was just like, okay, let's go to lunch or whatever. That's over with. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, that's two totally different situations for each of us, but the exact same result. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Now we're just kind of staring at each other. (laughs) thinking about our childhoods. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Oh yeah. Hey, what? The only other time I really think about it a lot is whenever, um, in, uh, the movie, every which way, but loose Mm -hmm. at the very end. And it might be part two. I hate to refer to a sequel because that kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, they always, unless it's, you're talking about a star Wars or something, but there was a scene to where he was fighting this champ, you know, he's a fist fighter. He'd go around street fighter mm-hmm. and he'd go around fighting people. And he fought this guy that was supposed to be the champ, but the champ was like over the hill and kind of washed up and he had a chance to beat him, but he let the other guy beat him and he lost a bunch of money doing it too. So I kind of think, might've felt sorry for, I don't think I felt sorry for those guys. I hated, actually hated them, but I think it was a deeper psychological. Like I think they, I was picked on a lot. I think I just had it beat into me that like, it's not your place. Yeah, that's true. To hang with this. And then maybe do you think that you thought, what if I do things might be 
worse for me. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even I never even thought about it till now. But yeah, if I had have beaten him, that probably wouldn't have bode well for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it would have been that great. But yeah, I was just I was almost I just relieved. Don't know what? No, I was just... <laughs> man, that's deep. We, we really hit something there. Yeah. So, my yeah. God. Anyway, so uh, yeah. Back to the uh, back to the ten list. signs of potentially unsafe group leader. <laughs> My God, well, I don't know how we go back to this, but we're going to. Um, we did. Um, former members offer often relate the same stories of abuse and reflect a similar pattern of grievances. So it's basically if you you know if you have somebody that says, "Hey, that happened to me," that that might be a red flag. Mm-hmm. There are records, books, news articles, television programs. Um, that number seven's kind of crazy. I mean, of course, if if you see it on, you know, TV, a big 2020 about it, may not want to join that call. <laughs> Followers, I, eight is really cool. Follow, not cool, but you know, interesting. Follow followers feel that they can never be good enough. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, um, the gl- group leader is always right. This number nine, and and the leader is the exclusive means of knowing the truth or receiving validation. No other process of discovery is really acceptable or credible. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Those are wow. the ten signs, of, and they're reading them again. When I first read them, I thought they were really interesting. To me, there's only a few of them that I think that you know are. Well, one of them managed really cool. to bring us back to the <laughs> well, like, that's true. very core that's of true. our church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very, that's very true. So, uh, anyway, okay. So, uh, do we want to wrap this up with our closing? Sure. Yeah. And uh, I'll let you go first. I didn't actually write a closing. I'm just gonna. Okay. I'm just gonna free ball it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's my turn. So. Okay. Okay. So the intelligence and charisma alone of a cult leader are characteristics that any aspiring leader should envy. The two said skills are in a way a double-edged sword that attracts followers and cements their allegiance. Perhaps the third element is simply someone with some sort of some sort of emotional baggage or scarring. The frightening part is that every one of us has had some sort of emotional pain in our life. I dropped the football. But we are strong and resilient beings, right? All of your traumatic events are safe and secure in some chamber deep within your mind. However, even the best designed IT security systems, which I kind of do on the side a little bit, can be compromised. I don't, I'm not a hacker. Sorry. Someone so cunning would, wouldn't necessarily even need to access the memories. All they would need to do is have you access them. This would, in essence, be forcing you to hack your own system. That, that, that would cause you, the strong mental juggernaut, to be at risk. You would want your safe, happy thoughts and existence back. But wait, you are convinced that you were never really what you thought and that there is, there is a path to true happiness. Their path. Right. <clears throat> One way humans learn is by building knowledge based on previous learning. This is known as schemata or schema say perhaps someone has no clue what you mean by the NASA space shuttle in conversation. You can quickly describe it by relating to an airplane. It has wings thrust, except it has capabilities that an aircraft does not have can go to space has cargo doors and all those things. How powerful could someone become if they could counteract this basic way of learning? What if they were able to make your background knowledge useless? There have been individuals and groups 
that claim they know exactly what will fill the void each of us contain, which I do believe each of us do have a void yeah, me too. Need, that needs filled. You can fill it with awesome, cool, empathy, love, all that stuff, or not. So it has been since the dawn of Mantis. Oh, I like that. Wow, I'm supposed to follow that? <clears throat> Just tell me what you think about it. I mean, I think you're exactly right. And I think everybody does. I think that's what a, a mass, like an, a narcissist, master manipulator, sociopathic Yeah, they're person. not unintelligent. No. In fact, I think most of the time they're kind of more intelligent maybe than average. Exactly. And they have a sense, you know, they they sense when, when someone who does happen to have a strong mental, not even mental, I don't mean that because that makes it sound like more intelligent or less intelligent, but a strong will about them where, you know, okay, well, I, w- I won't bother them. Yeah, exactly. But even people with a strong will at times in their life are going to be at a weak point where they might be vulnerable. Yeah. But yeah, I think a cult, the cult leaders are just really good at honing in on someone just at the right time. And we haven't mentioned trial and error in any of these. We haven't mentioned um, that they've probably had multiple. <laughs> they probably had multiple experiences in their life where they've tried to sway someone a certain way, right? And it didn't work, so they learned from that. Yes, yeah, building. I, I totally believe that. I totally believe that. And like I said, I think the only difference between a successful cult leader and just your the the the, the boyfriend who maybe controls his girlfriend and you know shuts her off from her family and you know I'm mean, think about that. That's actually common. That's yeah, fairly it is. common. It is. Everybody can think, and I don't mean to just put it on men. There's also women. Sure. God knows that I know that sure. there are women that can manipulate and uh, and and who are narcissists and can also be poisonous to you. Um, I think the only difference between them and the cult leaders is, you know, the cult leaders aren't satisfied with just one. Yeah. And maybe just a little bit more uh, intelligence level and and maybe a little bit more of a kind of like a a poker player. They say that you don't play the cards, you play the people. Mm -hmm. So if you have something, some of that in you, um, you can tell maybe when you when you when someone's not smelling what you're stepping in and you can kind of back off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then maybe go at a different angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just figure out what works on each person. Yeah. I think that's what they're very good at. So, yeah. And so if I would, in closing for me, the first thing that you always hear, and I know this, this I've beat this horse all night, but the first thing you hear is, you know, when people automatically just want to judge, sure. you know, oh, what idiots, you know, yeah. what morons. Sure. But I do not judge anymore. I do not judge, especially since doing all this research and I mean, I've seen really people way more intelligent than me that were sucked into things like this. Well, so there's a very good short Ted talk called how to start a movement. And it's pretty funny the way it's made. Anyone should go watch it. But basically the lesson from it is every leader needs a first follower. And the first follower is an underestimated form of leadership. So if the leader doesn't ever have the first follower. They're a lone nut and they never make it anywhere. Uh, yeah. So the yeah. first follower shows the next followers how to follow. So you need, you need a follower to show the followers. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> seeing that, and we've only been talking really about the cult leaders and we've talked a little bit about some people beside them. Um, but, um, I think we should at least mention that 
probably every one of these cults had a strong core of first followers. Mm-hmm. That Disciples they would almost. have to. Yeah, they would have to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, so when we're thinking about this, we can say, you know, don't just blame the, the leader. You know, the first follower has as much to do with it as the. And the kind the of animals that we are. Have you watched that documentary, The Push? No. Dude, watch that. Okay. It is absolutely, if there was ever a clinic or just uh, something that showed how susceptible that people can be, it is this. And so uh, very quickly, it's getting someone, it's an entire situation with thousands of people who are in on it, and they're going to take a person that they've chosen and see if in 60 minutes they can put them in a situation where they will kill someone or attempt to kill someone. Yeah, but they don't just pick random people. They went through a huge selection process to find the most susceptible people. And this is what made me think this is so interesting. The first step was it was under the guise of they were going to be doing a television show and needed like background actors or something like that. So there's a big room with like 20 chairs in a row. One dude sitting in the room. Now, the dude already sitting there knows what's going on. He's in on it. So they want to find the susceptible people and weed out the people who will not just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. So they bring in a couple people at a time. They sit it's down. It's a lot like selecting jurors, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. They, <laughs> but go ahead. They sound a bell. Ding. Like that. And so the guy who's in on it already, he just stands up. And when the bell dings again, he sits down. He does this a couple of times, and the people who just walked in, who do not know what's going on, they think they're there for an audition, they kind of look at him. But eventually, they stand up too, because he did. And the more, now that there's three people doing it, the first person that comes in after that that sees it almost immediately is like, oh, what what's happening? And they stand up. So, like, 60 or 70-something percent, it may have been more than that, so I don't want to throw out numbers, most of the people ended up doing it. And so at the very end, it's so crazy. It shows this huge line of chairs, maybe 40 people in a row, the bells dinging, everyone standing up and sitting down and no one has told them to do anything. They all did it based on that one person. And so they kept the people that would do it. And of course it did show people that would just look around like, I'm not standing. No, you know, they're not just going to do it, but they start out. I promise you what group I would be in. I don't know either until, yeah, until I, was put in that situation but so they go through this selection wow. process to get very susceptible people and i don't want to give away any of the yeah, document yeah. it is amazing like okay. it's an absolutely amazing document okay. it's called the i'll push. check it out that's yeah. awesome i feel so, like it's very relevant to what we're talking it about. totally is it totally <laughs> is and people don't you know just don't judge and i don't sure. judge you know i feel like in the past year and a half or two i i things that I've went through. I don't judge really at all anymore. Um, yeah. I mean that it's, it's a very good thing not to, and it's a very difficult thing not to. As right, well. right, right. But yeah, I, yeah. that's a mantra of mine. Uh, really until you've actually been in a person's situation sure. or their shoes. Now uh, there's obvious things where if you see, if someone hurts a child or like kills a dog or something, yeah, you can judge, but you know, yeah. People know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I guess in closing, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like I feel like we were pretty respectful to all the, you know, all this bad stuff except for the punishment part. But other than that, other than that, we were pretty good. So I guess, you know, a little give and take there. A little give and take. People will understand, I think. 
No, they won't. Okay, so we'll see you next time. Uh, episode one, Dawn of Mantis. Right. See you next time. Thanks for joining us again. Dawn of Mantis. Dawn of Mantis. Things mysterious. Things fantastic. Dawn of Mantis. Dawn of Mantis. Things mysterious. Things fantastic. Dawn of Mantis. Dawn of Mantis. Things mysterious. Things fantastic. Dawn of Mantis. Dawn of Mantis. Things mysterious. Things fantastic. No rhyme, no reason, no doubt. Talk about the things we want to talk about. We got no rhyme, no reason, no doubt. We talk about the things we want to talk about. Got no rhyme, no reason, no doubt. Talk about the things we want to talk about. We got no rhyme, no reason, no doubt. We talk about the things we want to talk about.